Greetings, brothers and sisters. May the Lord bless our time together, even as he's promised to do so. From 1983 until her death in 2015, my mother had an autograph, a photo of Roger Moore and my brother on her bedroom cabinet. The photo was taken during the filming of the James Bond movie, Octopussy, in which my brother is the driver of the steam train or steam locomotive, as you would call them. Now, I'm not into martinis myself, but one of the things that uh, Ian Fleming's fictitious spy is famous for is the way that he likes his martinis served. He always orders them shaken, and not stirred. Well, today I'd like to share from God's word that we're called to be the opposite to that. We're called to be stirred and not shaken. Now, whenever there's a crisis in the world, stress levels rise, suicide rates go up, and people are fearful. When COVID-19 arrived, we struggled with the idea of not meeting face to face as a church for a short time. We knew it was coming. And so we prepared to move our church service to an online format. We were on the receiving end of a lot of criticism. Some Chinese members of our church who had lived through the SARS epidemic in China complained that we didn't take coronavirus seriously enough and they stopped attending church. Others thought we were overreacting and said that we should just carry on as normal. And it was a real struggle. We switched to live online services exactly one week before the government ordered a complete lockdown. Fortunately, the lockdown only lasted a couple of months and we opened our doors at the earliest opportunity. And after a month, most people had resumed regular church attendance, uh, but some, a small number, still stayed away. And we actually shut down our online streaming to force the issue uh, to, so that people would realise that you couldn't just come to, come to church online. The point of what I'm saying is that some people were shaken in their faith and they lived in fear. And one or two still do, even today. It's good to remind ourselves who enables us to walk, who, who equips us to walk this pilgrim life. It's the Lord. He hasn't left us wandering along the pilgrim path on our own. He hasn't said, well, look, over there is the path. You know, see how you go. Get onto it and see where you, where you turn out. He promises to be with us. Remember the precious promise in Matthew 28, verse 20, Lo, or behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. A similar promise is found in Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you, which is a quote from Deuteronomy 31. King David, as weak and sinful as he was, and with all the troubles he faced, he knew this grace. He wrote in Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me, 
because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Remember also what Jesus said about building our lives on the sand or on the rock. In Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 47, everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, not if the flood arose, when the flood arose, the storm broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. As the old hymn says, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And as our society and civilization shakes like jelly, it's good to think about the kingdom that we are inheriting. For those who heed the one who warns from heaven, we have this word of encouragement from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 and following. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the, the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And the Apostle Paul would have us stand firm as we wait for the glorious appearing of our Lord and Saviour. He tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 2, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or spoken word or a letter seeming to have come from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. And he goes on to, he speaks about the mystery of lawlessness and the lawless one, the strong delusion and the condemnation of those who believe what is false, do not believe the truth and have pleasure in unrighteousness. In contrast to the shaky kingdom of the man of lawlessness, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming, he says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 13 to 15, God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then brothers stand firm, means don't be shaken, and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by spoken word or by letter. The kingdoms of the world and the foundations may be shaken. The foundations of prisons and even places of prayer may be shaken. But the kingdom we are part of cannot be shaken because our king cannot be shaken. So we are not to be shaken. We are to be stirred. And there are just three references here. 
The first is Haggai, chapter 1, verse 14. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Surely this is what the Lord has done for, done for us and with us. He stirred up our spirit to pray for the advancement of Christ's kingdom on earth. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. The second reference is Hebrews uh, chapter 10 and uh, verse 24. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, it's easy to read those words, love and good works, and think, oh, I must try harder. And indeed, we should make every effort. But this is agape love, and the only source of that is God himself. So we are to stir one another up to get closer to God, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. The good works that flow from that love is acceptable worship. Stirring up a, a brother or sister to love and good deeds isn't just the pastor's job. You notice what it says there, it says to stir up one another. It should be what happens when we sit under the ministry of the word and when we discuss and study God's word, encouraging one another as the day of the Lord draws near. The third reference is to Peter, chapter 1, verses 5 to 9, where Peter says this, Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. And he goes on in verse 12 to say this, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. And I love that last line. Peter planned to stir up God's people about these things, even after he'd gone to be with the Lord. And he's been stirring up generations of Christians for the last 2,000 years. So then, brothers and sisters, don't be shaken in your faith by the rattling of the gates of hell, 
or from your resolve to pray for revival. Let us stir one another up to prayer. Let us be stirred and not shaken. Amen.